0: Amen. All right, let's dive in. Anybody reading the one year? Anybody picking that up? Good. Anybody else? Let's get on the one year. If if you're not on the one year, get in the Bible daily. In the Bible daily. Amen? In the Bible daily. All right, this is from today's reading. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I love this. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle. And were gathered at Succa, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Succa and Azekah, I'm gonna have my hands full, I can already tell. Uh, In another place. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle, in battle array against the Philistines. Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, with a valley in between them. And a champion went out from camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was about six cubits and a span. You know what they estimate his height to be? Nine feet, nine inches. Can you imagine walking up on him in an alley? You know he had to be ugly, too. Big and ugly. And it was customary that the outcome of the battle back in this day could be settled by one man challenging one other man. We're going to see that. Verse 5. He had a bronze helmet on his head and was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. Just a little tidbit of information. About 126 pounds on that dude's head, or on his coat. He's a big old boy. Verse 6. He had a bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield bearer went before him. Verse 8. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you, the servants of Saul... Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. Verse 9. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Verse 11. When Saul saw... When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, I want to ask you a question real quick. Why would we let the enemy define our fate? Who is this guy that would stand up and say what we have to do? Who made you, boss? Who said? Have you ever ever heard that? Have you ever heard your kids say, you got to go clean your room? Who said? Well, Dad said, oh, okay, then I'll go clean my room. Well, you just should go clean your room. Well, I don't care what you say. I'm not going to do it. Who are you? Who are you that's saying this to me? And Saul and Israel are listening to it, and they're afraid. How many of us, so many times in our life, we come up against an enemy and we want to be afraid? We forget everything and we get afraid. We forget who we are. We forget what is truth. We forget what God says about us and we run and hide. The king runs and hides. They were greatly afraid. I want to ask you something. Who is setting the standard today? Who is setting our standard? Is it the government? Is it the school system? Is it our economy? Or is it God? Who is setting our standard? Is it television? Once you know our young people, the standard's being set by television. They see it on Jersey Shore, which I've never seen. And our, well, and Elizabeth likes to put it real quickly. Every time I, it looks like I might be doing something, Elizabeth likes to make sure to make Everybody knows I don't do that. It's her personality. But our kids are basing their life on those shows. It's okay to have sex. It's okay to drink. It's okay to smoke pot. It's okay. And now their thought is as long as I don't get caught, it's not wrong. It's only wrong if I get caught. Wrong. Somebody raise up a standard in our homes. The school's not going to do it. TV's not going to do it. The government's not going to do it. Who has to do it? The home. Everybody say amen. Amen. All right. Not some big nine-foot doofus standing out here. Not him. So what does the nation do? They cower down to him. Verse 12. David was the son of that Ethratite. I got that wrong. Of Bethlehem Judah, whose name was Jesse. And who had eight sons, the man was old, advanced in years, in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul into battle. The names of his three sons went to battle were Eliab the firstborn, next Abinadab, and the third Shammah. Verse 14. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Now, I want you to catch this. David is not at the battlefield right he's at home tending sheep he is not corrupted by what David what Goliath has been saying and how many of you know that if you hear it secondhand fear can get on you secondhand you don't have to see it you can get afraid just hearing about it in fact a lot of times the story is a lot worse than reality right so David's not corrupted he's out tending the sheep He's not around to listen to be influenced by the fear and dread and whining and complaining going on in battle. Verse 16. And the Philistines drew near and presented himself forty days, morning and evening. Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an FF I I don't know what my problem is today, of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Now Saul and they all and now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for battle. Now every morning is the same. Goliath comes out and makes his stand. Everybody runs and hides and they don't do anything the rest of the day. Then they get up and do it again the next day. Right? 21, for Israel and Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. And as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. I don't know if your uh, translation shows it this way, but them is italicized. What did he hear? He heard Goliath's words. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Now, wouldn't you think after 40 days they would already know what he said and they probably wouldn't run as fast? Oh yeah, we know this story. We're not going to fight you, but we've heard your story. But nope, they're afraid every day. They're out there and they're running every day. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills the king, who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, and will will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Did you catch David saying, Who is this guy? David isn't influenced at all. David's saying, Who is this clown? Eventually you're going to see here in verse. Verse 26, it says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for a man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? Now listen, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David is not corrupted. He comes in. He hears this man speaking. He hears his words, and he immediately says, That doesn't line up with me. What are y'all doing? What is happening Does anybody not recognize that these words that he's speaking are off? They're wrong. Verse 27, And the people answered him in the matter, saying, So, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left the few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence in your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Now, is that, do you, your five act like that? Never, right? My oldest, my oldest daughter uh, is, is dating. Lord, help me. And the young ones... This is our this is she's our oldest this is our first ride this is our first rodeo and it's our it's the parents first rodeo but it's our younger kids first rodeo too so they don't know how to act nobody knows how to act so my oldest you know kind of gets frustrated every now and then because they they're goofy or they're doing who knows what to get attention, to embarrass, to just to do whatever. Well, here comes young David, the youngest, is showing up saying, all my brothers are afraid. What's wrong with you? You can imagine the older brother saying, why don't you shut up and go back home and take your cheese back with you? Why don't you just go back home? You don't know what you're talking about. We're older. We're afraid. You don't know to be afraid. You're just dumb. Go away. What are you doing here? You just came to see the fight. Get out. They saw no value in David. He had nothing to offer them. Now I want to tell you, the enemy may not appear the way we think. And the ally may not appear the way you think. Do you realize that Jesse sending David with that cheese was God? sending his deliverance. From this young man out here tending sheep, God worked through Jesse. I don't believe Jesse knew what David was going to go do. I would even wonder if Jesse would let him go if he knew what he was going to go do. But God's deliverance was coming through Jesse sending cheese to his boys just to hear how they're doing. And here comes deliverance and what, comes, what happens to us sometimes when deliverance shows up? We reject it because we don't see it. We have bought in to what that doofus is saying to us. Because it's the only voice we're listening to. Verse 31. When the words which David spoke were heard... They reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go fight this Philistine to fight with him, for you're a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear would come, he took a lamb, A lion would come and take a lamb out of the flock. I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, Go, and the Lord be with you. <laughs> you know, it's like a Newt Rockney or a, whoever is a big coach giving, a, giving an encouragement. No, not Bear Bryant. Johnny Majors. Um, <laughs> it didn't really work. They weren't that great under Johnny Majors. Uh, but can you imagine this young man saying, I've done this. I've seen God work, and he will work through me again. Let me go. Uh, And David is saying, I'm not going to step outside of your authority. I'm coming under the authority of the king. But king, if you will allow me, God's deliverance is here. Will you let me go? And Saul said, yes, go. Verse 40. I've skipped over. Saul tried to put on tried to put some clothing on him, tried to put some armor on him. David put it on. It was too heavy. It didn't fit. You know, it wasn't battle-tested. David was battle-tested. He needed his battle armor, not Saul's battle armor. He did not need the, wall, the, the world's armor. He needed God's armor. You know what God's armor was? A rock and a sling. That was God's armor. God had been training him for this day for Israel. Verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and he put, put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had, and his sling, what was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, his, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ready and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you have come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David went to the Philistine said, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. You know what he's saying? You come to me with the world. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Have you ever ever had a child, when you're growing up, come up and you do something to him and he says, I'm going to tell my daddy. And you know what? It scares you. Who is your daddy? (laughs) Is he here? (laughs) Where is he? (laughs) What does he look like? Is he a big nine-foot doofus-looking guy? Yes, sir. yes which represents 5 5 giants Amen. He wasn't planning on missing 4 times and hitting once, right? If he had to take on the whole family, he had enough stones to do it, right? Amen. Huh? <laughs> Uh, the good, good, good ones like us do that, Austin. But you need to probably take a. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that's right. David didn't. David didn't show up expecting to need a couple shots. He showed up ready to kill whatever there was there. And at the point, that's a good point by John that there were five of them. Five of them big ugly doofuses. And if the others wanted to fight, he he would take them on too. But David doesn't come to the battle the conventional way. He is coming not with stones and with a sling. He is coming with the word of the Lord. Your word does not match what my God says. And my God's about to do a miracle. And you're going down. Verse 46, let's see, where am I? This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give it. He will give you into our hands. Do you see that when we operate under kingdom, God gives you the victory. He is ready to hand it to you directly from his hands. Verse 48 So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. I love this story. Then David put his hand in the bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead, so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine took his sword, drew it out of its sheath, and killed him. Now, he, he didn't have a sword, right? So what sword did he get? He got Goliath's sword. Cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that the champion was dead, they fled. What is facing you that is controlling you? What are you running and hiding from? And it's probably been longer than 40 days. It's time for you to approach that enemy with the word of the Lord. And I don't care how big the enemy is. It's time to start attacking your enemies with the word of God. And it's time for the Lord to deliver that enemy into your hands. And it's time for us to start allowing the enemy to set our rules for engagement. What are we listening to? Who is influencing us? Do we accept the government or the internet or the education system as truth? Who is molding our children? Since when does the enemy tell us how to war? You know who tells us how to war? Jesus tells us how to war. The Word of God tells us how to war, not the enemy. A few years ago, a school principal once said that if the students prayed at graduation, they wouldn't graduate. And you know what they did? They prayed. And they graduated. Do you think that movie ratings? Do you think the movie rating system? um, How do I phrase this? We cannot take that a PG-13 movie is appropriate for a 13-year-old. The film industry does not have the right to tell me what my child should and should not see. But we let them. We let them. I've done it. The ACLU does not tell me what's right and what's wrong. The government does not tell me what's right and what's wrong. Abortion, homosexuality, you know, it's a lot of hot topics. But I want you to know, God loves the homosexual. God loves the young woman that's had an abortion. But the, but the world's not going to tell me what's right for me and my family. That comes from God. That's why my number one source has got to be Him. David's number one source was God. David's number one source was God. We have got to turn our hearts wholeheartedly to the Lord. Wholeheartedly. And parents, let's rescue our children. And let's lead them in the way that they should go. Lead them in the way. God says to lead them in the way that they should go. Did you have a word, honey? Okay. What enemy are you facing? Let's lay it before the Lord right now. Can we do that? Let's just pray together as we close. Father, in Jesus' name, we stand before you and we have some giants that are in our land. And, Lord, we've been listening to them. We've been buying into their fear and their tactics. But Lord, your word says that you will lead us into all truth. And Lord, I just ask you just to remove that giant for just a moment in our thinking, in our heart. And Lord, let us focus on you. Because that giant will just disappear. It's not that it's not there, it's that it has no effect, it has no power. It has no control over us when we truly come to you. For you, it may be an addiction or it may be an unforgiveness. What do you have in front of you? We just ask you, Holy Spirit, just to fill our hearts. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Holy Spirit, with truth. Lord, your word says that the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Let us turn our hearts to you and know how to walk back into this battlefield and not accept this word anymore. But take your word and tell that enemy, you may fight with the sword and with the spear and with the javelin, but I come today with the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord says that you do not have control over me. Thank you, Lord. We just turn our hearts to you. Just pray, Lord, that you would break all addictions. That, Lord, that you would just break a hard heart of unforgiveness or bitterness. That, Lord, you would not allow separation to come in relationship. just ask you for restoration, forgiveness, healing. I thank you, Lord, that as there's been some on this list that are facing cancer, that cancer is no bigger than Goliath standing out in that field. It's just an obstacle waiting to be taken out. Asthma has to go. In Jesus' name, asthma has to go. we just come and stand on that mountain right now and say, we come at you asthma with the word of the Lord. Our body is to line up with the way that you created us, Lord. And that is to be able to be healthy and whole. And I just speak right now against cancer, against asthma, against all of these ailments that are on our list tonight. Strokes and heart attacks We just right now just sling the word of the Lord at these enemies. We submit to you, God, and we resist you, Satan. Thank you, Father. Just bless your holy name. And I thank you, Lord, that as John pointed out, you don't miss. You don't show up with a bunch of arrows in case you miss or you just wound it and it gets run off and it can come back. No, you don't miss. Nope, you sever the head. It's, it's dead, dead. Thank you, Lord, for victory in our families. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Get in your one year. Get in your Bible. Let's get together on this. Let's have a good time on Wednesday nights.